0: Welcome to the Pactum. This is Pat Abendroth. And on today's episode, we are talking about touring Israel while we are touring Israel. It's a conversation between my brother, Mike Abendroth and myself. And we talk about the do's and the don'ts, things we like, things we don't like. It's a lively conversation because of the traffic and because of the locale, but we think you'll enjoy it. And then if you listen to the very end, and I know that all of you listen to the very end. Uh, you can hear from some of those who are on the tour regarding things that they enjoyed. Speaking of things they enjoyed, enjoy today's episode of the Pactum. Welcome to the Pactum with some compromise. No, welcome to the Pactum with no compromise. This is Pat Abendroth with Mike Grimes. We are, oh, wait a second. <laughs> this is Pat Abendroth with Mike Abendroth because it's, no Compromise Radio. Mike, ready to have some fun?
1: Do you know what? It's good to be here today, Pat. You said some Compromise Radio, but I prefer the new name of <laughs> No Compromise Radio. It's called No Content Radio. Okay. So I can still get the no-co, because otherwise it would be SoCo. So, so no
0: code. what's all the background noise? What, what's going on? What are right you doing? Right now
1: it is uh, February something. It's a Monday, February 25th maybe. I'm 27, lost track. sorry. And we are in downtown Jerusalem.
0: On the west side. The, the uh, good uh, side. Super
1: fancy. And so if you hear cars, um, oh, it's 65 degrees, a little hazy. It's been great weather. We're here leading a tour together. Oma Bible Church, Bethel Bible Church, 45 people, seeing the sights.
0: Having a great time. So the Bible be- has
1: finally come alive to me now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is something we try not to say to people, right? We say, the, the, you'll read the Bible like you never have before. Um, oh, but that it's, would be good. Yeah, uh-huh. But it's it's been alive. You
1: know, one of the things that I appreciated was yesterday, you're going from Jericho area up to Jerusalem, right? And sometimes you can be going from north to south, and you're going up to, because it's more elevated. Right. right? And so that part, you can... If you know geography or an archaeology and stuff like that, I think it probably helps you get the layout better, but I'll leave the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'll let Him help us understand the Bible better.
0: So we're going home in a few days, so we figured we would record a little bit and get a little inspiration from the cars, the motorcycles. The inspiration
1: LA, tours, I think they're the, like... The sirens. Tours, I,
0: I saw tours. someone today that said something like that. Well, what we, we want to talk about on this episode is we wanna talk about traveling to Israel. Uh, Not because we're selling anything. (laughs) We don't have any Jesus junk to sell. Let's
1: play this as a rerun in two years before we take the next To see
0: what it's like. So, because you learn so much, there's so many interesting things. People wanna go to Israel maybe sometime in their lifetime. Seems like it would be an interesting thing to do to talk about what it's like to travel to Israel, what's good about the tour guide, what's bad about a tour guide. Favorite parts, things to see, worst parts, little insight.
1: I like that. It makes a good show.
0: And even if people aren't ever going to come to Israel, my sense is they're still going to enjoy what we have to say because it's enjoyable. Well,
1: since Mike Rimes is in here, I, as a Mike, and as an Avon I'll try to offer more than Stephen Stephen Curtis Jatlin's quotes.
0: <laughs> this is going to be good. Yeah. I think you should saddle up your horses, and we'll just move, <laughs> move on with everything. Some trust horses. It's true, and we did go to the grocery store today next door. So we got some. We, we, I bought things today that I couldn't even read the label, and you had Google Translate. You just put to the camera out what up there, it was. Yeah. That was pretty
1: cool. Yeah, you got some drink with mint in it. Uh huh. It's like wow, he, we didn't know it had mint.
0: And we might have a, a, a sound tech, a sound engineer slash security guard with us on the balcony. Nobody's behind But, me but we he's, won't.
1: He, he's, scared he's me. He's
0: got your back. We won't say he's who. got my back. We won't, he's got my we won't say who it is, Patrick Guinness, but <laughs> mm-hmm. he's here with us. Last night we went to Ben Yehuda Street. That was kind of cool.
1: I thought the whole time his name was Patrick Guinness. <laughs>
0: Speaking of Ben Yehuda Street, which is kind of a modern, you know, it's new Israel, but it's not the Israel from, it's the new Jerusalem, but not the Jerusalem from above. The new city in the old city. So with that in mind, best shawarma ever?
1: I think it's right up there. I mean, I, I don't know the place that you go to in San Diego, Pat. You know, she goes right up there.
0: Shawarma guys in San Diego, but this is like legit because it's... Jerusalem
1: and you can bribe them a little bit hey we're bringing 17 people. okay
0: so here's what happened last <laughs> night when we went so we've got like 17 people in line I'm first trying to show people how to do it you get the loaf of bread not the pita and you get the amba sauce and the whole thing trying to play tour guide and I said you know I brought all these people here I brought them here and you know from America thinking maybe he'd give me a little something no. Mike gets up there and says, I brought all these people here. How about giving me something free? <laughs> and they did. They totally did.
1: <laughs> well, I, as an older brother, I in all seriousness, I've watched you learn and grow and I'm really proud of you. And once in a while, the Lord just gives me one of those little, don't forget I'm your big brother moments. You outdid. Because there are few and far between.
0: You outdid me for shawarma. For sure.
1: Ask me what my favorite thing so far in Israel.
0: Favorite? Oh, how about if I ask you, what's your favorite thing in Israel so far, <laughs> other than recording shows for the Pacton and This is no fun, compromise. though. I like
1: this. I'm having a lot of fun. I so far think maybe, Pat, while Sea of Galilee is up there, while understanding geography and how far it would take Jesus to walk to Bethany to see Lazarus and all that, right now I'm still loving that Pontius Pilate stone that they uncovered at Caesarea by the sea. And it's in Latin. And so they didn't have any archaeological evidence for hundreds of years about Pontius Pilate. And they find this artifact that says Pontius Pilate. And we saw the fake one in Caesarea Philippi. We've we seen
0: that many times. We've done see- Hello.
1: And we saw the original one in the Israel Museum today
0: first time that, that was cool just,
1: you know back to what we talked about before theology drives you to be a good historian if you want to do theology you've got to know history like Machen said because to hope Pat Abendrup this is in Narnia this is a real place Jesus was a historical person yes he's more than a man he's the God man I understand that but he was crucified under Pontius Pilate and you've got the Apostles Creed the Nicene Creed and it ties it right in so I just love that Pontius Pilate stone. I touched it. I kind of got the anointing a little bit. Uh, I didn't have to sleep that night. I would just it just it just brought me over.
0: <laughs> so you know, I actually was. I got a phone call from Josiah. He just walked through Hezekiah's tunnel with your wife Kim, and so I had to step away because you know when you're traveling and your son calls, I got to answer the phone. And so I did not see the real stone today in the museum. And so I asked Lisa on our trip. I said. Well, did, when are we going to see the stone? She said, oh, we already did. And I said, well, I didn't see it, so can I say I saw it, you know, since I was here? And I said, no, I, I'll say I've been to the place where the real one is. Oh, okay, perfect. But then later on the way out, I was able to touch it. Then I, then I told him the story when there was a famous evangelical preaching uh, at our church, and I told him the story about when you and I were at Princeton, and we saw the holdings, and they had the, the rod of orthodoxy, they had the special... It wasn't made out of bone. It was made out of ivory.
1: Ivory tusks. yes. Archibald
0: Alexander, Princeton Seminary, is on his deathbed. He symbolically passes the rod of orthodoxy to Charles Hodge. And so that evangelical was preaching at Omaha Bible Church one time, and I told him the story. And then he preached at a seminary like the next week and told the story but pretended like he'd seen it.
1: <laughs> well, so you can do the same thing with the Pontius Pilate Stone now. <laughs> I think actually Charles Hodge then named his son. A. A. Hodge, I think you're Archibald right. Alexander Hodge.
0: Yeah, now, to, to 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 confess, I told that person the story today because I I like to shatter people's dreams of their favorite celebrity pastors being sinless. Uh, I know,
1: and you know, here's the good thing, Pat: the 45 people in the bus in our Omaha Bible Bethlehem Bible. They, they know that we're they not sinless know right now. <laughs> Do not worship the Abendroth brothers.
0: You heard it here for. Sure. Okay, let's talk, about, let's talk about the benefits. Benefits of touring Israel. What, what's good about it? We, you know, we make fun of people saying it makes the Bible come alive because the Bible is alive by the Spirit of God in our hearts. And, but what are the benefits? Well, I
1: think I just will start big picture, Pat. Just to go overseas anywhere, to go outside of the country anywhere perfect. is good. It can make you thankful for your home country because you know, America is not perfect. It can make you understand other cultures, and you think, oh, what does Israel do, and what about the Middle East conflict, what about the family, and what about the food, what about the money, what about the culture? So I think travel anywhere is beneficial. That's and good. specifically Israel.
0: Or, or even how about the Middle East? We're so safe here. I don't know where else we could feel this safe in the Middle East, and there's something cool about the Middle East.
1: That is so true. People are always afraid the Israel trip is getting closer and they hear about some bombs on the west bank or Syria or Lebanon and pat I always say don't worry about it every hotel has a, a bunker and this one does too
0: <laughs> I like I've been to at least one hotel in Israel where you know the guy the the security guy in the front's got like some kind of uzi it's it's tough it's edgy mm-hmm. I kind of like it I like it I like the geography as well, I, I've always, I think I cheated my way through any kind of geography class growing up and was just lazy and dumb and wish I wouldn't have, but now I care about geography and I care about the geography of Israel, it's so cool.
1: Fact, I think every day we probably average between 10,000 and 20,000 steps per day walking and we've had buses taking us around too right. and it, it, it helps me being here in Israel to say, oh, there's Bethany, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha were there. Jesus walked over Our Jesus is on the Mount of Olives, and he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane and Kidron Valley and Jerusalem steps, and around we go. Just walking, I was in Capernaum. How far of a walk is from here to Capernaum? He had to go through Samaria. That part really is, is good for me to understand how far they had to
0: walk. In some ways, it seems like everything's closer than I thought. And then the next minute it's the opposite. It seems like everything's further away than I thought.
1: What did he keep telling us? New Jersey, is Israel's is the size of New Jersey.
0: Yep. yep. We should
1: make a pilgrimage across New Jersey. We can <laughs> land up in Princeton. We can touch the rod of Orthodoxy and call a celebrity Christian pastor, tell him the story, and call him back.
0: Oh, my. If you're just starting, <laughs> if you're just tuning in, Mike Abendroth <laughs> with Pat Abendroth. We have a bodyguard, and uh, we are on the fifth floor. Uh, Of a building in Israel So if you hear the traffic It's because we're recording outside We're doing an episode on Israel And traveling to Israel What's good about it? What's bad about it?
1: I also love the Sea of Galilee And maybe one of the reasons Why I like the Sea of Galilee Is the Roman Catholic Church Can't build a a cathedral Or a monument or a church Or a building over it It's
0: peaceful until you get on The evangelical boat Where they want to I heard somebody They were lip-syncing El Shaddai or something the, the boat captain, right?
1: Who did I listen to? I think maybe it was Daniel Block. He said, I know 13 languages when people uh, sing that. I think Amy Grant song, or Michael W. Smith, El Shaddai, El Shaddai, Eric Herakon, I said, I don't have any idea what that is. It's not any Semitic language at all in that Eric Common thing. Uh, we go to Sea of Galilee. It's neat because you can see, okay, 13 miles long, 6 miles wide, not uh, Herman, wind, choppy, how long it would take to row across, etc.? But what was that whole thing when I saw you, you like got some of the water and you were, you were
0: gargling? Well, you know, I had, a, I had a little bit of an upset stomach and I looked it up on the internet and it said something about, I don't know, some Franciscan brother, so-and-father oh. rabbi so-and-so said, you know, you just consume eight ounces and, uh, It'll cure all of your McGregor. ills. <laughs>
1: hey, well I had enough sense to do the same thing, but I used a life straw.
0: Okay. <laughs> I actually brought a life straw on the trip because you know, you never know. Okay, There's Pat, that. this is
1: a legit question. This is this is you know, we're joking around, we're having fun, sleep deprived.
0: People Drinking diet seven up. Uh-huh. So yeah, diet sprite, on, I think maybe. I've got diet seven up. You have diet sprite. Do you sprite. seriously
1: have that? Oh, I have I diet did. sprite. Uh, we grew up drinking Tab. Remember at home Fresca. Mom,
0: mom would go to Weight Watchers, so Cola. we had, yeah, we did. Weight Watcher colas. Uh huh. Uh huh. When I would go with mom when she was little, she had Tab or Fresca. They were both pretty bad. Remember that? Why one are we time? talking about that?
1: Mom let us eat three ice cream cones up in Yankton, South <laughs> Dakota. I'll never forget that.
0: And why do we have an addictive personality? Uh, okay. I know. So traveling to Israel, people
1: would like to be holy. They would like to say no to sin and yes to righteousness. To use technical language. Mortification and vivification, but instead of union with Christ and other things and walking by faith, why? What's in a person, a real Christian even, Pat, who has to touch an icon, kiss the natal star of Jesus, uh, do something, <laughs> pour some holy oil on their head, little dabble do you prel on their, on their armpits? I mean, what is it?
0: May, okay, let's think about it from the most positive side. There's something in us that longs for a solution, right? We, we know we have a problem, so people try all of these things. So I think that, that, that's built in because we know we're broken. Maybe we long for the real. I don't think that's altogether bad. And yet the reality is Jesus left, he ascended. He's not here, but he left us with the Holy Spirit, so that's good. But I think what's, the question is what's most real? What, what What's most real? Well, there was a real Jesus, the eternal son, before there was ever a temple in Jerusalem. So the reality is that the dwelling of God came down in a unique way, but it was, it was a type, it was a shadow. So there's that, and we want to go back to the types and shadows, I think, because we're sinners. I'm just rambling, trying to think it through, but... We have to remember that in Hebrews chapter 2, Jesus talks about how he's in the midst of the congregation. Right? He, he's, he is there uniquely when his people gathered through the power of the Spirit. That's more real than anything at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Anything, any kind of Jesus junk, any kind of slab where Jesus, we know the ascension happened here because we have Jesus' footprint, because that's a thing. I don't know why it is, what it is, but we we get confused. We're shadow huggers.
1: It's so true. Our guide, thankfully, though, has said things like, this is the general area, right? This is the Mount of Olives. You don't know exactly where Jesus did this, that, or the other. I think of S. Lewis Johnson, Pat, when he would talk about the ornate, how do I say it, Uh, uh, involved... Temple ornaments, blue pomegranates, all these things, and how Roman Catholic Church seems to do the same thing when it's not faith alone, when it's not ordinary means of grace, when it's not paper, i.e., Bible, wine, and bread for communion and water for baptism. When you forget the ordinary means of preaching and sacraments, then what else will do? Vacuums must be filled, and I think people underestimate what worship is on a Lord's Day Sunday, right? We don't feel different. We don't sense the presence of God. He's not somehow, you know, uh, giving us a, 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 something going on in our bosom. But there's a supernatural uh, happening when it comes to Lord's Day worship. Absolutely. Preaching of Christ Jesus.
0: Absolutely. I love the Sinclair Ferguson story or the story that he tells about, you know, a first century early church in Jerusalem and the temptation would have been to go back they didn't have anything. They didn't have the smells and bells, they didn't have the sacrifices, they could hear the singing. And what do they have, you know, in some kind of flat with some other Christians? Persecuted. Persecuted, singing some songs maybe, and reading some scriptures and somebody preaching. That's all they had. And when when you read the book of Hebrews like that, thinking with that in mind, it helps you because we're not like the Catholic Church with all of the stuff and the smells and the bells and It could be tempting to say, I need something real, I need something tangible, when in reality we have what's most real of all, and that would be the Lord Jesus Christ himself by the power of the Spirit. We've got it all wrong when we're looking for the stuff as more important than the Spirit. That's
1: exactly right, and I think that helps for the Israel trip people to say, that's not Christianity, All these different people we see around here, these religious people, whether they're Jewish or Christian, Orthodox, they're all clamoring for these holy sites and things they can buy and special olive wood and everything else. Obviously, if you want to buy a souvenir or a trinket, fine. But that's not Christianity. What is Christianity? And and I'm glad you brought up the Ferguson story. I mean, can you imagine after seeing the temple with the gold and the marble and the big lavers, and the trumpeting, and the smells, and then now I'm on the run getting persecuted for this Jesus that I'm believing in. But once you have Jesus, you have everything. You Union do. With Christ. You have
0: it's nothing really as far as all of those other things, but you have everything because you have Jesus the Son, atonement, once for all, sacrifice. I love Hebrews for that reason. What's your favorite part so far in Israel? My favorite part so far, I think Caesarea, or as they say, Caesarea by the sea, Because of the Pontius Pilate stone, because of, I love the ocean, I love the sea, that's cool. Uh, That's probably most fascinating to me, knowing Peter was there preaching to Cornelius, kind of the uh, Gentile day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 10, and around there. I love that. I also love the people that we're with in the sense that it's so fun to share something you love, that you've experienced, that you know fairly well with other people, because you know they're loving it. You know it's helping them to make more sense of things. So that's pretty fun.
1: Yeah, I like to watch the faces of people. And all of a sudden, you go over the hill, and there's Jerusalem. Or You're descending from Dan, and there's the Sea of Galilee.
0: Uh-huh. People
1: getting in the boat. And we had a neat experience this time. Instead of going on the little boat to the Sea of Galilee center, you know, doing a circle or something, we went all the way across. And it made me think, we had an engine... It took a long time to get across. Mm -hmm. The disciples, whether they had sails or whether they're rowing and or both, how long it takes to get across there. And I'm thinking about the watches and everything else. And you did a good job by bribing the boat. I
0: don't think we talk about bribing on the back
1: Okay. (laughs) What I meant by bribing was it was an ancient Hebrew word. That's right. that, That talked about... Just giving somebody a tip.
0: We showed our gratitude.
1: It was a tip. (laughs) It was just a thanks. Don't play your music, and and I don't want to hear Stephen Curtis Chapman while I'm out on the sea of (laughs) Galilee because it's driving me crazy.
0: I think also another favorite part was Capernaum. I love going to Capernaum because you have the first century synagogue floor, original. They built on top of it, but. That's pretty cool to think that that's what Jesus actually taught. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty cool. You know what I
1: did not do, but I always tell people I'm going to do? I can't believe I forgot it. I love to go to the Sea of Galilee and skip a rock.
0: Because You my, think Jesus did when he was my, a boy?
1: My Jesus
0: it skipped been a per- rock. It would have been a perfect skip. Oh, I wonder how many... What, what, it would have been seven skips, right? Because number <laughs> of per- perfection.
1: That's exactly right, but, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it could have been 40 skips.
0: Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, Seeing the desert, uh, we think of Oasis, I mean like Sierra Desert, seeing what the desert's like here, the wilderness rather. Yes. I like that and thinking Jesus, 40 days. What do you do out there for 40 days tempted by Satan? I like that. You kind of get a good idea of of what's going on. Seeing the path from Jericho to Jerusalem, that 18-mile treacherous path that's... uh, a good backdrop for the Good Samaritan parable. I like
0: that a lot. I also really enjoy the fact that we've been coming long enough. We've done this enough times. There are new discoveries, right? They've, they've come up with things. They've discovered things that they hadn't discovered in 2008 when we were here, for example. So we saw Magdala. Well, Magdala. We. I mean, they knew roughly where it was, but it wasn't uncovered. Right. And then more stuff at Magdala was uncovered since the last time we were here.
1: Well, I think somebody had a vision, and they told him to start digging in Magdala. And the guy said, okay, I have to obey the vision of God. I'm a friar. I must obey. Uh-huh. <laughs> all those stories, can you imagine the stories behind it all? Uh-huh. What
0: does it make you think, Pat, when you see... Oh, look, there's B.B. Netanyahu. Oh, wait a second. It wasn't really him. But we are standing close to his house. West, what does it make West you think Jewish about
1: room? Jewish people? Obviously... Uh, we see Jewish people in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and it confirms in my mind the Scriptures. I don't need the confirmation visually, because I'll just believe the Scriptures. But there is a veil put over their eyes; they, they, they cannot see the glory of Christ, and they walk around doing what I don't know. But it is professing to be godly, but denying the power. Don't you, don't you learn that? When you're here? It
0: certainly seems to be the case, and you even have to fight some of the oh you know, animosity you might feel toward them for certain things and behaviors and being obnoxious, so you have to fight that because you want to be compassionate and kind and merciful, but they're, they're, it's not that they're not believing because of lack of evidence, lack of historicity, lack of even what the Bible says. even, even today, we heard it from our guide, who is Jewish. Russian, Russian Jewish, he said. You know, they, they, it's not that they study the scriptures. Now, maybe he was wrong, but he says they generally don't study the scriptures. It's a commentary on a commentary on a commentary on a commentary, and uh, when they do actually read Isaiah fifty-three, he said they they can't believe it's actually in the Bible. Thought that was kind of interesting. Mm. So, so true. I did okay. So, as an aside, I was just joking about Bibi Netanyahu since we are staying close to his house. I just listened to his autobiography, and he said something to the effect that uh, he used to be concerned about all of the evangelical like preachers and people like that in America and coming to Israel because he, he was suspicious, thinking that they would try to convert and proselytize the Jews. And he said, I'm no longer worried about that. He said, I love them, and I, I welcome them because now I know they're the Evangelical Christian pastors are not trying to proselytize or convert the Jews. They're trying to proselytize and convert other Christians into becoming Zionists. How about that?
1: Well, you could probably see how that happens here. Big time.
0: How terrible is that? What an indictment that we don't evangelize the Jews. We just try to get other Christians to support Zionism.
1: Well, I mean, it's kind of a mirror thing in, in U.S. with this Christian nationalism, I mean, what's the difference? Do you, do you go evangelize in America, uh, unbelievers, or do you go proselytize believers to try to get them to be theonomic Christian nationalists? Or,
0: yeah, or even unbelievers, right? Right. It's a sad state of affairs. So worst parts, favorite parts, you know, geography, culture, Middle East, traveling around, seeing how things connect. Oh, well, the, w- flight what's was, the, w- the flight was rough. I, I'll say amen to that. That's that's, a a tough cookie.
1: Uh Uh-huh. I mean, I won't tell you which airline we were on, but I think the only beverage service was here's a bottle of water, get up and you can go to the back and get something else if you want. On a ten hour flight.
0: I think it's gonna be twelve on the way home, just so you know. the, The food
1: well, I'm going through Rome.
0: So. Oh, you're going on a vacation with your wife, unlike the, re- <laughs> the rest of us underlings.
1: I have, I need to go kiss some more icons okay. and go talk to the Pope. This is not enough. These,
0: because you can buy people. indulgences at the Vatican. I know. Yes. I've been there.
1: Oh, uh, there's a there's a place uh, in New York City, um, St. Patrick's Cathedral, Pat, and you can go put your credit card I've been in. there with you. Yeah, and it's just, oh yeah, we went together. And it's just a 50-buck deal. You put it in, put it out. It's 50 bucks. It goes to... I don't know St. Whoever St. Patrick's leaders are. Security
0: now. was pretty impressive from that airline, though, with a big uh, police attack vehicle parked out front, just to flex.
1: Interviewed us for twenty minutes. 20,
0: 25 minutes each. It was the the, the final straw for me. I don't know about you and your line was being to, going to Jordan. Who do you know in Jordan and all this kind of stuff? But well, you gave
1: all your folks the packed and bottle. It's and true. They thought maybe there was something in every one of those bottles yeah. distributed equally.
0: I was nervous because they say made in China. Well, maybe there was some kind of
1: oh, what if it was said made in Jordan?
0: Some special sauce on there.
1: I didn't like that flight, but you know what? It's over.
0: Yep. Okay, whatever. Flight's, flights hard, but it's doable. And uh, being tired, you know, jet lag adjusting. But our our group has been great. Nobody's you know, been too crabby or grumpy or anything. No. I, know, I is, there, is
1: there any negative downside? I don't think so. We. I went up to see the gate where Abraham could have walked through. And I think, you know what, for a long flight and some minor inconveniences with traffic, because the traffic is bad here, right, and people are kind of rude and obnoxious. I mean, in America, here's what we tend to do. Now, this is a generalization, but we say, excuse me, right, it's kind of nice. In Spanish, con permiso, perdóname. And then in Arabic, it's zoos, get out of my way and just bumping into us and then these different cultures and people from other places just you know if you give one foot of space in front of you they'll take over if you're a tour guide you know Patrick is sitting there and the tour guide pushing him over I was wondering what that headlock Patrick was doing on that lady tour guide from Sweden that was interesting you know tapped out
0: so if people are going to come to Israel there are pitfalls they need to avoid they need to be cautious about the kind of guide they get because there are Catholic guides and Jewish guides and Protestant guides. And do some research, do some due diligence. Good. Talk to your friends, who have they used, things like that. We've got a great guide this time who's doing a great job. What are some other pitfalls maybe to avoid if somebody's going to come to Israel and schedule a trip?
1: Well, I probably wouldn't do it during the summer because it's probably going to be too hot. I probably would... Um, I'd probably schedule some free time, right? If you're packed too much and you never have any time off, you can go longer off and do what too want. Good. Because when you're with the tour, you just have to defer. There's 45, 50 people, and if you're not the leader, you're not in charge. You just have to go along. So just be ready to do that. Maybe you want to stay a few extra days and maybe rent a car or something like that. That might be a good thing to do. Uh, but so far, I mean, going up Masada... Going down to the Dead Sea and floating. Tell me about your Dead Sea experience. What'd you think of that?
0: I think the Dead Sea is okay. It's fun. It's different. But I like just watching people's faces, trying to help them figure out how to do it. So my son Josiah's with us, so it was fun to watch, watch him do it. It's beautiful.
1: I can't think of anything in the Bible about the Dead Sea. What's it? It yeah, Salt it something Sea,
0: else. things like that. Okay. And there's a prophetic passage about basically being healed or something along those lines. So. Okay. How about
1: Megiddo? Does you like Megiddo, Tel Megiddo?
0: I'm so tired right now. I don't even remember what happened in Megiddo.
1: <clears throat> <laughs>
0: I like the solemn, you know, Solomon Stables and those things. I think isn't that Megiddo down in there? Yeah, that is. That's fascinating. Solomon's idolatry was horrific, but he was he was an evil, wicked man in a lot of ways. Yeah.
1: Oh, I know what would be a good question because I know you've got the answer. Give us a couple books to read before you go to Israel.
0: Oh, actually, I don't know the name of the book, but that little book that you recommended to me, actually. Lands
1: of the Bible. Lands of the
0: Bible is a newer one that was outstanding. I gave everyone a copy of that. It's simple to the point. I like that a lot.
1: What's the old Palmer Robinson uh, theological
0: lay of the land? Yeah, the different views of the land in that book, I think, are outstanding. So you're asking me questions I don't know the answer to, so that's okay because we're tired in... Israel okay. on location
1: what, what are we not going to do next time that we did this time
0: not going to do next time I think this t- uh, next time I think we're going to go to a lot and we're going to go snorkeling
1: okay we would so like that a lot you said we weren't going to do any promo but I think we should do this little promo here let's design a trip where we're going to mountain bike for a couple days uh, like from Jericho maybe to some Jerusalem. hiking uh-huh.
0: mountain biking hiking some
1: some big hiking trips so snorkeling Snorkeling in a lot. A surf day in Tel Aviv. Okay. Paddle boarding on the Sea of Galilee.
0: And then some biblical sites, too. I think that might have to be for uh, our graduates or something like that.
1: <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> alumni. It's, it's the alumni trip for the... It's the... What, what can we call it? I don't, maybe we should shoot guns, too. That'd be kind of fun. Okay,
1: excellent, excellent. Uh, have you eaten a lot of fish for breakfast?
0: Uh, I've been avoiding the fish for breakfast, but I've been having a... You know, Mediterranean salad with feta cheese on it.
1: Okay, well, in honor of our mother, I've been having fish every morning for breakfast. But now all the fish breakfast have seemed the same. It's just like Swedish, what do they call the Swedish fish?
0: I don't know. Some kind of
1: pickled herring.
0: I thought it was a candy. (laughs) Swedish fish.
1: Swedish fish. Well, I think we maybe have done better shows in our life. I think
0: maybe we have
1: to. What what are we going to (laughs) do? We have to fill the podcast Leech that because has two because minds w- want give,
0: give. it's true, inquisitive minds want to know. Yeah, do the Israel trip, it's great, it's awesome. Different culture, great travel. Just be very, very picky about who your tour guide is, and uh, you'll have a better trip that way.
1: All right, well, from the holy land, from the pilgrimage, the, the
0: typological Man. holy land. Uh
1: huh. Oh, I guess we could say this, maybe try to redeem it preaching through Colossians, Pat, and it's talking about uh, types and shadows. And it's talking about why go back to the shadow.
0: Because Christian nationalism.
1: I, I know. And the word shadow could mean what we think of as shadow. The sun hits you and your body blocks some of the sun and on the sidewalk is your shadow. But it also also can mean tracing or outlining. Okay. So I come to Israel and I think, all these types and shadows and tracings, they've been fulfilled in Christ Jesus. So why go back to don't handle, don't touch, don't taste, kosher food, this, that, and the other? You're
0: talking about my favorite thing.
1: Yeah, and so we, 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 I think it was maybe B.B. Warfield that said, in the Old Testament, there were all these things that talked and pointed to, talked about and pointed to the Lord Jesus, but the light was dim. And now that we have the New Testament, We read the Old Testament through the lens of the New Testament and say, Oh, that's amazing. The light's on. There's no new furniture. There's no new couch. There's no new table. They've always been there, but now we see what they are in light of the New Testament.
0: And now we look at the real thing, not the shadows.
1: Right. So to redeem our show today, tell our listeners, Pat, why it's important to read the Old Testament in light of the New So we don't have this kind of problem.
0: Because we have one divine author who intentionally designed it that way. So in anticipation, we have the types and shadows. And the fulfillment, the substance belongs to Christ. So we come to Israel, do an Israel tour, and have it be a historical tour. You're learning about the types and shadows, really, is what you're doing a lot of the time. But the substance belongs to Christ who lived here, yes, who died here, yes, was raised here, yes, ascended from here, yes. But what we're not trying to do is, hey, let's study all this stuff so we can bring it back again. Because we don't believe in regressive revelation, we believe in progressive revelation. So it's wonderful to come to Israel, not because we're promoting Zionism, um, because, we're not, we come to Israel to say, here's where Jesus did it. Here's where Jesus showed himself to be the substance And therefore, let's look to him. He's ascended, and we're waiting for his return.
1: Miga, make Israel great again.
0: There you go. There you go. Thank you for (laughs) listening. Uh, Thank you for listening to the episode. We're glad you do. Listen to No Compromise and to the Pactum. And so we'll see you next time on No Compromise Pactum. Okay, Alyssa, one of your favorite things in the whole trip has been what? Uh, I really liked the synagogue at Capernaum. Okay, what did you like about it? I liked reading John 6 and just being able to touch the stone of the actual synagogue that Jesus probably talked in. Super, thanks. Yeah? Kim Avendroff, uh, huh? one of your favorite parts on the whole trip has been what? Probably just... The rock, understanding you hold. Jesus is the rock, okay. My yeah. only rock, all right, thanks. Patrick Ennis, one of your most favorite things in Israel and touring? There are three and Getty, where David hid, that's awesome, beautiful. Masada, climbing up 1.3 miles, and Jerusalem, top of the Mount of Olives, looking over at the city wall. Sounds like he rehearsed that, <laughs> okay, Ann tell us one of your very favorite parts of touring israel
1: is being surprised every day by all of the beautiful monuments and the land and hanging out with all the people that i love so much and thinking about coming back
0: she is an overachiever that's more than one how good is that (laughs) Anne? what a great answer
1: thanks pat it's
0: amazing (laughs) okay ellen tell us one of your very favorite experiences on the tour of israel um, I love Bet and I love Mount of Olives. Probably two of my top favorites. What did you love about Mount of Olives? I liked the view of Jerusalem, the old city from the east. It's incredible. I feel like I could sit there for hours. Cool. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Carrie, one of your very favorite things on your tour to Israel has been.
1: Uh, um, just one of them. Well, I would say historic place, but fun place, um, Dead Sea. And then favorite part of the tour is Roman's enthusiasm for Bible history.
0: Super, thank you. Valerie, here in the Garden Tomb in Israel, tell me one of your favorite experiences on the tour.
1: That is hard to say. I Just I, one.
0: You can have many, but just tell me one Capernaum. of your favorite. Oh, Capernaum. One of my favorites, too. What did you like about Capernaum?
1: Because that is where Jesus lived. Excellent. And I don't know, again, I don't worship the site, but just the history is just so amazing to me and that the place does exist. It's here. Awesome.
0: Super, thank you. Hey, Jen, I have a question for you. We're here at the Garden Tomb in Israel. Why aren't you going in the tomb?
1: Because there's nothing there.
0: What do you mean there's nothing there? <laughs> it's empty. <laughs> oh, very, very wise. And you've been in before?
1: I don't remember if I went in last time.
0: Okay, because you knew it was empty then. Because
1: I knew it was empty then, too. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs>